Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. What I believe the Lord is addressing, especially our spiritual family at this time, the things that He's communicating to my spirit as I seek His face from day to day, and what I receive from the Lord and what I sense in my spirit, we are currently in a season of preparation. I want you to make a mental note of this, a season of preparation. I believe the Spirit of God is calling us to prepare for something greater from the presence of the Lord. And He wants us to take heed to the things that He will be communicating with us as we engage God in a way that is consistent, fervent, passionate, for I believe that he desires to release a greater measure of his presence and his spirit into our lives. Now, the Lord is always ready and always willing to give us much more than what we ask or think. And that is confirmed in his word in Ephesians chapter 1, that God is willing and ready to give us much more than we ask for much more than we think. And he's always ready and willing to do that. The problem though arises when our capacity to receive the greater measure from God's presence is limited. So the problem is never with God giving. The problem is always with us being able to receive all that God has for us. I know that in our spiritual walk, we grow from strength to strength and from faith to faith and from glory to glory. I believe there is never a time where God wants us to sit comfortably and say to ourselves, well, I have enough of God, I have arrived. God is always on the move wanting to do greater things, wanting to do new things desiring to show us much more than what we have seen before. He desires to impart to us a greater measure of His nature, of His character, of His spirit, of His goodness, of His love. And therefore He's calling us during this time, I believe, into a season of preparation, preparing our hearts to receive. The spirit of man is the place where we receive more of God. And there is no limits to the growth or to the capacity of our spiritual man. And in order to adequately prepare, we need to do certain things. In other words, we cannot just remain passive. When God says, I want to do a new thing in your life, 
our response should be to engage God in a fervent and diligent way. Passiveness is not, is not, is not what God is looking for. He is looking for a participation and an active role engaging God. And this is what I'm talking about. God desires for us during this time to engage with him in a, in a, in a real, genuine, wholehearted way. And I have written some things here that I want to share with you. Practical application or practical things that we can do in order to prepare our hearts and renew our wineskin. Jesus said in one of his teachings that no one puts, or rather you cannot put new wine into old wineskins. But new wine must be put into new wineskins so that both the wineskin and the wine can be preserved. A new wineskin is one that is flexible, that is pliable in the hands of God. It is sensitive to the ways of God and to the Spirit's leading and guidance. So in order for us to renew this wineskin, there are certain things that I believe the Spirit of God is calling us to engage in and to practically do. The first thing I want to mention and if you're taking notes, I, I encourage you to do so. The first thing that we got to look at in this preparation, in this season of preparation, and I, I personally believe that God is giving us grace during this time, grace to prepare, grace to prepare for the greater move of His Spirit in our individual lives, but also in the life of our spiritual family. The first thing that we need to look at is the area of prayer. And we've got to look at it closely. What is your prayer life like? Do you have a consistent prayer life? Or are you sporadic in the place of prayer? Do you sometimes pray? Or do you always pray? Have you been able to establish a consistent prayer life that is strong, that is solid? You, you've entered into the habit of spending time in prayer every single day with God. That's an area that we need to look at and look at very seriously. Because if God is going to speak to you, he's going to speak to you in an atmosphere of prayer. And we see every time the Spirit of God spoke, either to the apostles or to the disciples, they were in an atmosphere of prayer. An atmosphere that was conducive for the Spirit of God to speak and to communicate the very things that God wanted to communicate to them. I know in my own personal life and ministry, whenever God wanted to do something new in my life or to change the course of my direction, either personally or ministry-wise, God called me to a time of more prayer or consistently fervent prayer. 
And uh, in fact, there are times when we do not know what to pray for as we ought. The Bible is very clear about this because our mind cannot always grasp what the Spirit is doing or desires to do in our lives. And that is why God has given us His Spirit within our spirit to help us in times of ignorance or in times of our weaknesses when we do not know what to pray for as we ought the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 the Spirit himself helps our infirmities how does he do that for he prays for us and through us the very will of God for our lives even he says with groanings which cannot be uttered and one of the ways that we renew our wineskin or we become more flexible and sensitive to the Spirit of God and to the ways of God is by praying in the Spirit or in other tongues. I have made it a habit. You know, one day I was in the presence of the Lord, communicating, fellowshipping with Him, and I said to the Lord, Lord, I have so many prayer requests coming at me. There are so many needs, not, not just in my own personal life and family, but also in the family to which you have called me to watch and pray for. How can I possibly manage to pray for all of these prayer requests and all of these needs of so many people? And the Spirit of God spoke up and he said, If you will give me one hour every single day, to pray only in the Spirit, in other tongues. I will make sure through my Spirit that you pray for every single thing that you need to pray. Not necessarily for everyone who asks you to pray for something, but the Spirit Himself will guide you and will inspire you to pray the very things that are needed to be prayed for. And I have been doing that for, for quite a long time now. And, and, and sometimes I would pick up things in the Spirit because the, the work of the pastor or the ministry of the pastor, one of the functions or responsibilities of the spiritual overseer is to watch over the souls of the flock that God has given him. That is why we ask you, to become members and you are members of this family because I want to know whom God has given to me so that I know who to pray for. Jesus said, I do not pray for the world. I only pray for those whom you have given to me, Father. And that is why the Bible says that my sheep hear my voice, Jesus said. It is an intimate a covenant, an intimate relationship between the great shepherd of the sheep and the sheep, but also the under-shepherd and the sheep that he's responsible to watch and pray for. I would pick up things in the Spirit, where sometimes someone needs encouragement, other times someone needs warnings, or all of those things. And so praying in the Spirit is vitally important. There are other times I'm teaching you about prayer because prayer has a lot to do 
with preparing our hearts to receive from God, enlarging our spiritual capacity to receive the very things that God wants to give us. Sometimes the word says we pray with groanings which cannot be uttered. As you give God that quality time, that time when you are devoted to him, nothing else is disturbing you, no phone calls, no, you, you set everything else aside and you just concentrate on God for a period of time. And I believe every one of us should do that. For me, the best time is in the morning. I always get up at five o'clock in the morning. And those are the most wonderful times that I have with the Lord. It's quiet and there's no noise. My phone is off and I just focus and concentrate on the Lord. And as you wait on the Lord at times, the spirit begins to pray through you with signs sighs, deep sighs that cannot be articulated with natural words. What's happening then? It is the Spirit of God praying through you the very will of God for the saints. So you need to look at your prayer life. And if you're not consistent, and if you are negligent in the area of prayer, you need to repent. And you need to say, Lord, forgive me. I have neglected you. I've neglected your presence. I've neglected fellowship and communication with you. Imagine you get up every morning. You completely ignore the Holy Spirit. You don't even talk to him. You don't even say good morning. You rush. You have something to eat and you get into your car and you drive to your work. And you completely ignore the Lord who's been waiting to talk to you and fellowship with you. So, all of us need to look at that area of our lives. I know of no one that has grown spiritually and is strong in the spirit that has neglected his prayer life. Every single person who is strong in spirit is a person who has disciplined himself or herself in the place of prayer. And I know this is where the enemy will fight you the most. This is where the devil will harass you. This is where your flesh will oppose you. And this is where your mind will drive you crazy about so many things that need to be done. You don't have time to sit down and pray. You got to get things done. Come on, get things done. But I want to tell you something. You put God first and you will see that God will see to it that he will give you all of the time that you need. In the beginning, God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. It is good to get into the habit where you spend time with the Lord on a consistent basis. Don't neglect your prayer life. So if you are one of those that's up and down, in and out, hot and cold, it's, it's, it's time to repent and say, Lord, I repent, please forgive me. And give me the grace that I need to discipline myself in the prayer closet. Uh, are you with me so far? Praise God. The second thing we need to look at is the discipline of fasting. Now, not many people teach or preach on this spiritual discipline 
called fasting today. But yet the Bible talks about it. The New Testament talks about it. The disciples fasted often. Uh, and, and the Apostle Paul fasted often. The early church fasted often. The only time they didn't fast was when Jesus was with them. He said, how can they fast when the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. Now I ask you the question, is the bridegroom with us right now physically? No. It's time to fast. Well, pastor, I can't fast. Yes, you can. Don't lie. Now, I'm not asking you to fast for days. Do so, especially if you are a learner or a beginner. Start with one meal, then go on to two, as much as you are able, and separate that time, the time that you would be spent eating, spend it fasting and praying. We need to bring into our spiritual disciplines the discipline of fasting because fasting makes you sensitive and opens up your spirit man to the Spirit of God. It makes you aware of the, of the spiritual realm, the realm that cannot be seen or observed by the physical senses. You become more sensitive to spiritual things. Fasting doesn't change God. He is the same before you fast, while you fast, after you fast. He never changes. Fasting changes us and it is also a, an attitude of humbling ourselves before the Lord. Fasting is a type of a spiritual mourning that prepares us for the blessing of the Lord. That's why Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And when you add fasting to your prayer, you are able to reach heights in the Spirit that cannot be reached any other way. I personally believe answers to prayer are being held up because we do not add fasting to our prayers. You see, fasting will make your prayer more fervent, more desperate. And when we reach that place of desperation where we are willing to sacrifice food in order to gain spiritual advantage, then I believe that's when God responds and gives us or blesses us or shifts us on a higher spiritual realm. So though, if you have not I'm not asking you to fast more than what you're able. Set aside once a week, and if you're a beginner, fast one meal, go on to two, then fast from the day and say from, from sunset to from sunrise to sunset. You can do it. And so and spend that spend as much time as you can in prayer. So these are two areas that we need to look at closely. Another area that we need to pay attention to. Let me, let me share with you what I believe one of the most serious concerns we have in our churches today is a hardened heart. Now, a hardened heart is a heart that has lost its ability to see and hear and understand God and His Word.
In other words, it's grown dull, uh, spiritually dull, unable to see into the spirit, unable to hear things in the spirit, unable to understand God or the ways of God. That's a heart that has grown hard. And the Bible has a lot to say about a hardened heart. Once the heart is hardened, then that person moves over into the enemy's territory, the devil's territory. And he has access, the enemy has access at will into the life of that person whose heart has grown hard. Because he is unreachable to God and he is unreachable to man. He becomes proud and arrogant, not hearing, hearing but not understanding, seeing but not perceiving. And that's a dangerous place to be. Now, what hardens hearts, one of the things that hardens hearts is unconfessed sin. This is very important. The Bible says, God is faithful and just that if we confess our sins, he will forgive us our sins. We need to look into the area of any unconfessed sin. Allow the Spirit during your time in the presence of God. Ask the Spirit to remind you of anything that you're not aware of, either a sin of commission or a sin of omission. And if He brings it, I'm not asking you to start digging and digging and digging. If you confess your sin, God has forgiven you. You forget it. I'm not talking about sins that you've already confessed. I'm talking about unconfessed sin. You need to look at that area carefully and confess any, any sin that, is, that you have not confessed and ask the Lord to forgive you. There is a, a popular teaching today in the Church of Jesus Christ, which I believe is false and is heresy, that born-again believers don't have to confess their sins anymore, nor do they have any need to repent. This cannot be any further from the truth. Just because we have repented once, that doesn't mean we don't repent again. We need to live in an attitude of repentance from day to day. Because repentance means, in the Greek, a change of mind that leads to a change of direction. Our minds need to be constantly renewed and changed by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. So we need to live daily in an atmosphere and in an attitude of humility and repentance. The Bible says that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart or a repentant heart God will not despise. So that's very important. Number four, areas where we have indulged the flesh, and I'm talking about any area that we have overindulged the flesh, beginning with eating and drinking and other areas. And, and the Spirit of the Lord convicts us, we need to stop and make an adjustment and repent about those things and ask the Lord to forgive us. Another area, God loves honesty and truthfulness. Psalm 51 tells us that God loves truth in our inward parts. I believe that when a person sincerely comes to God in all honesty and truthfulness, and that moment confesses the state of his heart, 
and acknowledges where he is, where she is, that very moment God forgives and cleanses us from all sin. Remember in the parable of the Pharisee and the publican. The one went into the temple and bragged about the things that he's doing. He said, Lord, I'm not a sinner like this publican here. I fast twice a week. I give goods of all my things. I tithe. I do all of these things. And the publican did not even lift his face up to heaven, but began to knock and hit his chest and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said, that man went down to his house justified, but the other, his sins remain. You see, he was humble. He came and he acknowledged who he was in all truth and sincerity, and he begged God for mercy. So we need to, to take stock and acknowledge the state of our hearts before the Lord and seek God earnestly and fervently in order for him to light a fresh fire in our spirits. If our lamps have no oil in, they're going to burn, but it will not burn bright. God wants the light of his presence to burn brightly within us. And it will when the oil of the Holy Spirit continues to flow in us and through us, filling our vessels with his presence. God will do that. And I believe with all of my heart that the greatest need of the church today is a spiritual awakening where our spirits become fully awakened by the Holy Spirit and the fire of God burns brightly within us. The fire of the Holy Spirit that burns the dross and the chaff and all of the garbage that do not belong to us yet have attached themselves to us by living in this present world. You see, the spirit of this age is subtle. You don't have to commit some grave sin for your heart to grow hard and cold. All you have to do is do nothing. By living in this world and walking through this world, the very polluted spiritual atmosphere attaches itself on us. Imagine if you have not showered for two weeks, you would smell. Don't tell me that a born-again Christian doesn't need to repent. You shower every day, even though you might not be in the field, you might not be doing any manual work. You love that, that feeling of cleanliness. The sp Spiritually speaking, is the same thing. By just walking into this world, by just passing through the contamination, the spirit of this age attaches itself on you. That is why we're going to have to walk in, 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 um, in, in, in being fully awake and taking care of our hearts and guarding it. The Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the flow, uh, flow the issues of life. We need a spiritual cleansing. And the only agent that can cleanse us from all unrighteousness and sin is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we need to walk humbly before God. And, and the Bible says, he, if anyone says he has no sin, then, then he's deceived and the truth is not in him. Amen. So these are some of the things that we need to be doing, practical things, when it comes to a time of preparation. Another area that we need to look at, 
our relationships at home, one of the areas if we have withheld love and affection from our spouses, from our children, if we have been unkind and harsh and angry, we need to stop, we need to repent, we need to ask God to forgive us, but it doesn't stop there. We need to ask our spouses to forgive us if we have wronged them, if we have said the wrong thing, if we have been angry with them, or our children. You know, you're not, you're not that perfect parent. So there are times where we need to say to our child, forgive me, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have been angry with you, I shouldn't have spanked you that way. All of these things you may think are not important, but to God they're very important. The Bible says in 1 Peter, Husbands, live with your wives according to knowledge, being the weaker vessel, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Wives, be in subjection to your own husbands as unto the Lord. All of these areas need to be looked at. And if we find ourselves short, we need to confess to the Lord and to our spouse and ask for forgiveness. Number seven, if you have been harboring an ungrateful heart, you've been murmuring and complaining about things, about so-and-so, about your lot in life, it's time to repent and humble ourselves before God and say, Lord, forgive me for my ungrateful heart. You have blessed me beyond measure and you have given me more than I... Lord, we don't deserve anything. And in areas where we have been grumbling and complaining, we need to stop right now and confess and repent of those areas. If we have been withholding from God what is due to Him in praise, in thanksgiving, in worship, in adoration, it's time to take stock of those situations and the state that we have been in and say, Lord, it only takes a moment to repent, folks. It only takes a moment to ask God to forgive us. But let's, let's, let's mean it from our hearts. And the Lord will forgive. Another area that we need to be looking into. If we have been withholding what is due to God in our finances. When it comes to first fruits, to our tithes. That we have not given him what is due to him. The Bible says you have robbed me. Well Lord what have we robbed you? And he says in tithes and offerings. And, and so he says, return to me and I'll return to you. And the people were asking, how can we return? Well, he says, bring all the tithes, not just some of it, all of it. And I will bless you. All of those areas, we need to repent and we need to ask God to forgive us. I'm talking about areas that we need to look at closely and prepare. If we, if we diligently and faithfully look into these areas and repent and call upon the name of the Lord, we will be in a state of readiness so whenever God wants to move in us and move through us, He will be able to do so. And He will bring us into a place, position us, where we are able to receive the greater measure of His presence. And finally, another area that we need to look at closely. How concerned are you about the lost souls that are out there? 
lack of compassion for the lost is, is a sin before God. And we need to acknowledge that. Lord, forgive me for, for the lack of compassion I have for sinners. Instead of praying for them, I criticize them. I judge them. I speak evil of them. Rather than standing in the gap and praying for the people that I know that do not know you. Help me. Help me to find a way in which I can minister to them. Times when we should have been speaking, yet we have been silent because we've been ashamed. Or we were afraid of being rejected, of what they will say, and all of those things. These things we need to look at closely. And take stock and prepare. I believe God in this family has given us a season of grace. Grace to do what? Grace to prepare. This is a season of preparation. God wants to do greater things in our lives. God wants to take us and cross over to the other side where His glory, His magnificence will be revealed to us, where we will see greater answers to prayer, where some of the questions that we've had, some of the dilemmas that we've been facing, we will see clearly, we will obtain the wisdom of God. Others in our spirits, we need to be strengthened and fortified from within so that we can stand against the wiles of the enemy, so that we can overcome the challenges of life rather than being overcome. Are you listening to me? May the Lord give us ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart that understands God and understands His Word so that we can come into a place of rest, into a place of peace and tranquility. If you have given yourself over to worry, being stressed, being anxious, worrying about tomorrow, worrying about the future. All of these things are symptoms of unbelief and hardness of heart. The Bible says, take heed, beware, brethren, lest an evil heart of unbelief in you pushes you away from the presence of God. But exhort one another as it is called today and encourage one another lest our hearts be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. If you have been troubled over the cares of this world, repent. Put everything in God's hands. You belong to God. He is your daddy. You are his child and he's promised. I will never leave you. He said, I will never forsake you. I will look after you. I'll provide for you. I will guard you. All you need to do is seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. Just get involved with what I'm doing. Find out what I'm doing and get involved. And work with me and flow with me and rejoice with me and all will be well. Your children will be taken care of. Your finances will be taken care of. Everything will be taken care of without you having to worry about it. Amen. Are you getting anything out of this today? I'm giving you practical things that you can do that you can put into practice so that we can prepare ourselves for the things that God desires to do 
for the things that God desires to impart to us during this time and during this season. And as we come to the table of the Lord, it is the first Sunday of the month today. It is the time where we receive communion together as a family. It is a symbol of our union in Christ. It is a time where we remember the Lord, remember our covenant with Him, and refresh our minds with what Jesus Christ has done for each and every one of us. So I want to give you a few minutes now to prepare the emblems, the wine or the grape juice and the bread, and so that we can partake together as we come to the table of the Lord. Amen. So let's pray and prepare our hearts. Heavenly Father, as we come to the table of the Lord today, for some of us is morning, for others is afternoon, is evening. And so we pray, Lord, and thank you for your precious word today that has spoken deeply to our hearts, to our minds, that it is time, in fact, it is high time to awake out of our spiritual slumber and to begin to put on the armor of light and to walk in the light as you are in the light, to put on the armor of God and to stand strong even in this time where these days are evil, where the world is flooded with evil. We pray, Lord, that you would cause our hearts to rise from our spiritual slumber and to raise the standard of holiness and righteousness and declare the word of the Lord without fear, without intimidation, to always be ready in season and out of season, to rebuke, to exhort, and to proclaim the truths of God's word. And so as we come to your table, dear Lord, today, for you said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And so I pray, Lord, that you would refresh our minds to see and understand and acknowledge and give thanks to you for all the benefits that you have given us through your death, your burial and resurrection. Even as the psalmist said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, Bless his holy name and forget not all his benefits. Lord, we take none of these blessings for granted. And we remember, and we remember you, and we remember your sacrifice. We remember your pain and the death that you've endured for each and every one of us. And so as we approach this holy table, Father, teach us and enable us to approach it with godly fear, with reverence, with faith in our hearts, with hearts that have been filled with the love of God by the Holy Spirit that was given to us. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.